back from Vegas, back from Stockton, California, back from Sacramento. I'm back home, back in the sticks, back in Arkansas. Uh, Tom Brady, some interesting things that I heard from someone uh, while I was out in Vegas. We'll see. We'll see that kind of aligns with something somebody else told me, but we're going to get into all that and more right here. Tom Brady, what does that mean for uh, Trey Lance? What are the 49ers doing? What is the plan? What's going on? We're going to break all that down right now. Here we go. It's San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. Let's go. Talk TV podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker, and I'm back, back home, off the road, uh, traveled to California, went to watch my son uh, run, the, he ran the... He had a track meet, his first track meet. It was kind of like a scrimmage between two teams. And uh, really cool, really cool. You know, obviously watching my son run and everything. So I'll probably be traveling back and forth to California down there every weekend to watch him run. But uh, it was awesome. Ran the 400. He ran the 4x4. He ran a 4x1, which he's really not like a 100-meter type guy. And he ran... The 200. He's not really a 200. He's a 400. My son is a 400 uh, runner. He really should be running the eight as well. And those are the things that I ran. I ran the four. I ran the eight. And I think my son, uh, Juice, is my son, Juice. I think Juice should be running the four and the eight. And obviously, like, you know, the four by four. But uh, he does not want to run the eight. He's like, Dad, I don't want to run the eight. It is... It's too long of a run. I don't want to do it. All right. But um, doing good in the 400. Had a PR. About to break a, a minute. So um, shout out to my son, Juice Daddy, man. Shout out to Juice Daddy. All right. Then after that, I flew to Vegas. Uh, there's a tournament. I was helping coaching some of my Stockton dudes out there in Vegas. Uh, that was exciting. Then uh was there for a couple of days. And I'm here back home. I got home at, what the time I get home last night? It was past midnight. Got home past midnight. Had to cut up an episode of Locked On NFL Draft. I was already recorded. I just had to do the editing. So I was up to about 1.32 a.m. And then uh, turn around, wake up early, and, and get on here with y'all. Because I love y'all so much, man. I love y'all so much. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to everybody that's here already. Everybody that's in the chat, man. We're going up. We're going live. Y'all finna make my Instagram. Here we go. Everybody is already is going up already. It's going up. The chat, we live with direct. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. But anyways, man, hope everybody had a great, great, great weekend. I think some people are off work today. I know my kids are all out of school today. So that was awesome. But uh, y'all didn't come here to hear me rant about all that type of stuff, man. Y'all came on here to hear me talk about this Tom Brady thing. I'm going to get my thoughts from all angles. And then later, uh, we will get into mock draft stuff. What's been the last 30 minutes or so. <clears throat> um, just kind of First couple of rounds, we're just going to talk through the second round, third round. 49ers, what they should do. All right. But I'm in Vegas. All right. I'm in Vegas. And uh, I'm meeting with somebody. 
a couple of us, rich guy. Rich people party different. I ain't gonna lie. Rich people, they they party different. So, rich dude, and he's like, "Hey, Croc, Tom Brady to the Niners. I, they're doing they're doing everything they can. I'm not gonna say who he is. I'm not gonna say how he knows any of this or anything like that because I don't want stuff to get out or whatever. But, Croc, Tom Brady to the 49ers. Uh, they're going all in on doing it now. I don't, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? How reliable? From what he said, it sounds very reliable. But I don't know. I'm not one. Y'all know me. I ain't no source per person. I'm not no uh, breaking news person. I'm not any of that. I just give my thoughts. But obviously, when you hear something like this from someone who feels very strong about his source, uh, you know, you your your mind starts to spin a little bit. The wheels start spinning. And he said that 49ers want to go all in on it. So I, I, I'm thinking about it, but not really thinking about it. Obviously, first person I do, I text, <laughs> I text Peacock. Hey, Peacock, man. Ooh, ooh, this is what I'm being told. And after that, I didn't really think about it too much. Partied in, in Vegas. Uh, <laughs> we got kicked out. The, <laughs> we got kicked out the bar because of me. But anyways, uh, partied in Vegas, all that good stuff. Then I'm on my drive home. And I'm like, you know what? Let me listen to uh, you know, Matt Mayoko or something. You know, it was late when I got into Arkansas. I got an hour and some change drive home. Let me listen to Matt Mayoko. So I put on Mayoko. And he's talking about it. He's talking about Tom Brady potentially to the 49ers. Now, here's some interesting things that Mayoko brought up. Him and Laura Brett on their on their uh, show. Tom, Tom Brady did not retire. Did y'all, did y'all know that? Tom Brady, he didn't retire. Matter of fact, which I, I never really thought about this or, but if you look at everything that he did, uh, everything that he did or said, the words retire never came out of his mouth. Again, that's not my, this is Matt Melko saying this. All he did was say a goodbye to Tampa. He did not retire. In fact, again, if you look at anything that he said, anything uh, he said on on podcast, the the words retire have never come out of his mouth. I didn't realize that until Melko was saying it. And it sounds like now that there was just a little bit of issues or, or whatever the, the the relationship between Brady and uh, Arians has kind of soured a little bit, and he just split. <laughs> I'm out. I'm not dealing with this stuff. So that made things. Once I heard it from that perspective, from Matt Mayoko, I'm like, damn, he ain't retired. It almost felt like Michael Myers. I don't know. I don't want to be a spoiler. So if you if you haven't seen the latest uh, Halloween movie, cover your ears or la 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 la. Do that. But at the end of the movie, like they kill they they kill Michael. Myers. Like he's dead, right? And they're they're having a good. Oh yeah, we killed this big motherfucker. All that. And then next thing you know, he comes. He pops up. 
he ain't dead. Then he just kills everybody. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, uh. And I feel like that's Tom Brady right now. <laughs> that's Tom Brady right now. Tom Brady, it was like, <clears throat> he retired. He's done. And then you hear what I heard. He never retired. He just stepped away from Tampa. Hey, maybe my decision might change in six months. His decision of what? Because he didn't retire. He didn't retire. So that was interesting to hear that perspective. So if Tom Brady did not retire, and what my guy in Vegas told me, if that is true, I think there is a strong chance that Tom Brady is a 49er. Strong chance. I think there's a strong chance. If all those things align, I think there's a strong chance that he's a 49er. Now, I'll get my thoughts on it. My thoughts on Tom Brady being a 49er. My thoughts on uh, what it means for Trey Lance. All those things. All right. Because there, there's, there's, there's the, there's the, it's like, come on, Croc. There's that side to things. And then there's the, the other side. All right. And we're going to cover all our bases here. My first thought is, I don't want Tom Brady. That's not, that's not very, I feel like that's not very logical, though, right? Like, Tom Brady, if you insert Tom Brady into this team, somehow, somehow like, he's a, he's a, you're, you're, you're probably winning the Super Bowl. Your favorites, that's for sure. Your favorites to win the Super Bowl. Now I see some people say, uh, yeah, you, you got to go get him. Right, this isn't like he's a free agent or something like that. So the 49ers would have to trade for Tom Brady. But hypothetically speaking, they trade for Tom Brady. However that looks like, whatever, and they make it happen. All right, they trade for a 45-year-old quarterback. It's probably come off one of his best years ever. <laughs> but 45-year-old, they, they trade for him. He doesn't want to be there. They do him a solid, and they're like, all right, like, just go ahead. Go. Okay, we'll just take a future first and a third or something. I don't know what it would take to get him to play with you for a year. But <clears throat> hypothetically speaking, they trade for him. Maybe he doesn't want a ton of money. Uh, so there's that aspect to it. Obviously the salary cap it is a real thing. You can maneuver it however you want to get guys that you want, but you can make it, you can make it happen. All right. So again, for, for me personally, then my initial thought is no, 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 Tom Brady. No, you can't say that, right? I mean, we're talking about somebody who is really the greatest quarterback of all time, instantly makes the 49ers the favorites to win the Super Bowl. This is a, a Super Bowl-ready roster right now, whatever that means. Uh, and they want to go all in. But and so you, I'd be foolish to say, like, oh, I don't want him. So I guess I'm being foolish. But here are my thoughts on it. I am a very, I'm ultra competitive, ultra competitive, but I love building things organically. That's just the way my mind works. I'm not saying it's the right way. I ain't saying it's the wrong way. All right. But like, I like going to the gym and say it's 24 hour fitness. You know what I'm saying? When all those were open, I think some of them still open, but, and I don't care who's on my team. I feel like, like with me on this squad, like, Man, we can win. Like, we can win all these. We can just run everybody off the floor. And I'm going to figure out a way. 
what I'm saying? Like, that's just the way I think, right? Like, just the, the competitor, the competitor in me. I legit feel like I can win any anything I'm a part of, I feel like we're gonna win. Anytime. Uh that's just it's just how I'm wired. Y'all don't really know me in person like that, but I am I am probably if you if you did, you you say this is probably the most competitive person I've ever been around. Or you would probably say this I've never met someone more competitive. Now, I might not be the most competitive person, but you probably not meet somebody that's more competitive than me. Just the way my mind wires. Everything that ends up having to be a challenge. Everything is a, you know what I'm saying? I need like that, it's that thing that drives me. And I just, I just want to win everything. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, my wife and my kids, you know, we got Mario Kart. When that Mario Kart, when we playing Mario Kart, I'm telling you, like, I want to win. I'm talking shit to my five-year-old daughter, to my son, you know what I'm saying? To, to Juice, to D, to my wife. I'm talking there like I have this just competitive drive. It's just different. But I love this thought of building things, like watching it grow. And there's this element, again, of Trey Lance. And now we're, so now we're in the Trey Lance. <clears throat> Let me go back one more time to give one more example. The Lakers. I'm a Laker fan. And I've talked about this before. All right. The Lakers. I I didn't want LeBron James. Uh, I love the thought of the the Lakers having, you know, Lonzo Ball, Ingram, Kuzma, Hart, you know, Rand, like they have all these guys, and I just felt like just like they're they're getting they're getting there, they're getting there like develop they're close to developing into their roles. Now, obviously, they end up leaving, roles end up changing, and maybe they haven't had this success, and maybe the Lakers are right to trade everybody away, but, you know, trade everybody away, trade all these picks away, like, you know what I'm saying, like, Lakers, I see somebody in the chat, Lakers are screwed, I don't know, they're an old-ass roster, they won one ring, if you count that, I, like me, it's still, it's always, it's, that's always going to be a weird ring to me, the bubble ring, all right, the Mickey Mouse ring, it's always going to be a weird ring, there's some people like, it's a ring, like, to me, it's like, that was a tournament, like a like a real tournament. That was like a that was an AAU tournament. Everybody staying at a hotel together. And there were no fans except for the people watching on the little digital screens. And you got players playing, and there's no pressure. I mean, to me, it was it wasn't very. You know, I don't know. I like growing things organically. So I see uh, somebody in the chat say, "Croc, they would have never. They would have never won." With those with those players, and maybe they wouldn't, maybe, but just the way my mind works, I love watching things grow organically. <laughs> Somebody says, uh, "Croc, you don't." He said, "If you don't count that, I, I'm not saying I don't count the ring. I, I mean, yeah, it's a little weird to me. That's all. Uh, it it reminds me more of like an AAU thing as opposed to a like, you know." A regular season thing. It, I feel like it. It should be separate. Like it was like you won the 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 Mickey Mouse tournament. Like the the season. It was like the season was going, and then they stopped the season for three months or whatever. They stopped the season for three months. Some people, some people started. Uh, like some players were like, "Oh, I'm not even playing. I'm not even gonna play in this tournament. I'm not returning for this." Uh, 
some teams just like opted out of it. It was like a whole COVID thing. Like y'all really like y'all really put that on the same level as other championships. Like it, no, I'm I'm not saying they don't count. Clearly it counts. But what I'm saying is players didn't even come back and play. Teams opted out. They were out of basketball for three months. Nobody played for three months, and then they come back and play in this little tournament. Like, what are we what are we talking about? That's the same. That's the same as going through a season with no stoppage, no nothing. They stop for three months and then try to come back. Like, stop playing with me. Stop playing with me. That like that. I'm not saying on count. 49ers on paper have, I mean, the Lakers on paper have 17. <laughs> they got 17 trophies. That was, that was weird. All right. But anyways, that's just, you know, it's just me. It was weird. Uh, but anyways, Trey Lance, the 49ers have Trey Lance. And to me, I would love, I love the process, right? I train athletes. Why do I train athletes? I love seeing the process of these kids. Like, I don't get all these kids that are ready-made for college football. One of the biggest joys, the biggest joys that I have, my guy, uh, Keyshawn Charles, he didn't even play his junior year of high school. You know what I'm saying? He didn't play. He barely played. Like, he was, like, more of a special teamer. All right? And then I, I get him, and I'm like, whoa, like, this kid is nice. Like, I'm looking at his intangibles and some of the things that he – and I'm like, man, this, this kid is – this kid is nice. Like, okay. And everybody's like, oh, no, no, no. You know, it's this guy. And I'm like, well, yeah, he got something there. And his dad was like, man, take him. Whatever you got to do with him, just work with him. Woo -woo. We worked the entire – Summer. I mean, we work hard. By the time the season started, he was one of the best corners on their team. He ended up winning co-defensive player of the year. Then he went on to get a scholarship. That was so rewarding to me to see the, the process. I love the process. That's why I train athletes. They start this really raw state, and then you just get to see them grow, and you see the ups, you see the downs, you see them, the process of it, and it's, it's, it's lovely to me. Like, that's beautiful, the process. I feel like you can't. You can't skip over the process. When I look at Trey Lance, I would love to see the process. I would love to see the process of what we saw from Josh Allen, the process of what that looked like going through that. To me, like that's it, it's, it's a special process. Uh, and I'm not saying he's Josh Allen. I'm not saying he's going to be like Josh Allen or anything like that. But it was it's dope seeing Josh Allen come in as a rookie. And really not be very good. And then just gradually get better. And I felt like he needed that. I felt like Josh Allen needed that second year where, you know, he they played against the Houston Texans. Remember, Buffalo was up 16-0 in the playoffs against Houston Texans. Texans, Deshaun Watson, they came back, won that game. I felt like Josh Allen needed that. That was a part of his process. He needed that. And then to see what he is now. And, you know, it's it's just dope to me to see, like, I appreciate that. I know everybody else says, win, 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 win. And Kyle Shanahan is win, 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 win. And, and with me, the most competitive person you'll meet, win, 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 win. But I still, I love the process. And I feel like Trey Lance has to go through the process. And he'll be better for it tomorrow. Maybe the process is 49ers getting all these different guys and, okay, you sit behind uh, 
Jimmy, you sit behind uh, Tom Brady and, you know, you just watch him. All right, maybe that is his process. But uh, I, I would love to see the process of him playing. The process of, you know, all right, this is where Trey Lance was. Man, I remember when, you know, Trey Lance missed his throw and he did this and he did that. And like, look at him now, leading the 49ers to the championship. All the 49ers are favorites because they got Trey Lance. Like, I would love to see that, that process. And uh, I feel like the 49ers team, the expectations are so high. He's kind of getting robbed of, of that just a little bit. Now, he might not mind. You know, you have, I mean, hey, if if, if, if Tom Brady doesn't decome, it's Tom Brady. Like, what do you what do you say to that? But I love the process. The process of this morning show growing. The process of my YouTube channel growing. You know, the process of where I was when I first started with podcasting and, you know, making 30 bucks, 70 bucks month to record some episodes, you know, like the process of it. And it's dope to look back on the process, you know? So that's just, that's just me. The the Warriors, the process of the Warriors. I know there's a lot of Warrior fans in here. You know, when, when was it when they won the first ring? After how long? The process of de developing Draymond Green, uh, you know, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Steph Curry going through the ankle injuries. Y'all remember that? Steph Curry had those injuries to his ankles. People were like, man, these dudes' ankles are shot. I don't know. Hold on. Not a single team opt out of the bubble. What you talking about? So there weren't teams that were like having to kind of they they were near the bottom and they and they would have had to win some games in the little play-in tournament thing that they did. And there were some teams that were like, like we're not just going to go. Are you telling me that never happened? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But that's what I remember. Am I tripping, y'all? There's not one team that was like, we can go and we can play in, but right, we're a long shot. We're not going to go. Y'all don't remember that? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But anyways, uh, there's more than one way to skin a cat. All right, there, 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 there's more than one way to develop a quarterback. And I don't know what's the right way or wrong, wrong way. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the right or wrong way is for Trey Lance. I don't know. At the end of the day, the right way is whatever, you know what I'm saying, he comes out and he is and, and they win games and all that. But, you know, selfishly, selfishly, as a as like a fan of the process, I would love to see Trey Lance get his opportunity to develop organically on the field. And I would love to see that. And that not to say if 49ers got Tom Brady, I wouldn't be like, hell yeah, like Tom Brady, you know, but I would just be like, you know. Now the difference between the Lakers and how they did it with trading away all those young dudes and getting LeBron and everybody gone and all that. And they they trade the young guys away. Trey, Trey Lance isn't getting traded away. All right, so that there's that aspect of it where you still keep Trey Lance. So it's different. It's not apples to apples or apple to orange, whatever the saying is. But I think y'all get what I'm saying. 
I think I think y'all get what I'm saying. I love the process. All right, feel free to to come on. I'll have a couple people uh, come on live, and you know we'll just talk about, you know, talk about uh, your your thoughts. I'll bring a couple people on, and then we'll get into our mock draft. All right, we're gonna do a, a couple, a couple of the mock, a couple rounds. All right, so feel free, click the link, come on live. Croc, how you like the, the dunk contest? I didn't watch that shit. I heard it was terrible, but I didn't watch it. I was out in Vegas partying with the rich people. <laughs> I don't hang out with rich people. So, and now obviously like NFL players, but a lot of NFL players, I don't know, it's it's kind of different. I don't know. Obviously, I mean, I, you know, I was in the NFL. I wasn't, I wasn't rich by no means, but. Um, here we go. We got my guy. I, I want to say his name is John. I it's it's like in Portuguese or something. But here we go. Good morning. What up, Carl? Good morning. Oh, good morning, man. How you doing? Fine, fine. Thanks. How about you? Oh man, I'm chilling. I'm blessed. Uh, Carl, one of the things for me with this Trump, uh, Tom Brady, uh, trade possibility. Is the price of it because we have some draft picks, but like you said, uh, we'll be good. Uh, like we we need to see Trey less develop develop, you know, and Tom Brady would cost us draft picks and uh, salary cap. We need right. to bring back. We need to work on the contract of Bosa, Debo, and Tom Brady. What like Jimmy Garoppolo? One of the main reasons to trade him is the salary cap. Tom Brady would come with a, a salary of a veteran. Uh, we don't have the this type of this type of cap to 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 pay Tom Brady, and you still you still have like guys like Bosa, Debo. Uh, next year, uh, maybe if Ayuk play uh, doing well, we can work on his contract too. So this Tom Brady trade possibility would uh, I don't know. Uh, Messed up this cap, cap, cap thing. So, okay, so I hear you. Here's the thing. I I think that one Tom Brady has been known, and I'm and I'm gonna get you off the stage. One, right, I got another person coming on. Uh, I I think <clears throat> with Tom Brady, he's been known to kind of take pay cuts or do things for the betterment of the team. I think at this point, it's probably not the money that's driving him. Now, obviously, you want your bread. But I and I don't know what Tom Brady would what the price he would come at. He'll have to restructure some things or move some things around. But I don't think it'd be as crazy of a hit as I think we would think. And on any team, like you could you could make it work. Now, Aaron Rodgers, that's different, right? Because I've heard his name thrown around. I don't see any way that that happens. But Tom Brady, you can move some things around. You you can make it work uh financially. 
if if you want to. I, I don't think that'd be something that's too crazy. Jedi, what you what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think honestly, if it was a year deal, I, I'm not for it, but I'm not, you know, gonna really pout against Tom Brady. But if you want to, if they ask me my opinion, I would just tell them this go down the development route and take whatever the season gives you. You know, if this kid barely gets you into the playoffs, take it. If he gets you into the playoffs with, you know, a, a record that you become the number one seed, then so be it. It's just one of those things to me where you take the development process and you, you just see what you have. You see what you have because right now I think it's the it's too easy to go down that road as the Lakers and say, okay, let's, you know, try to put those one and done pieces around and get that championship. And what I, I would just caution 49er fans, sometimes, like you said, the organic process is what keeps you around the longest and not trying to rush the process. You know what I mean? Everybody, I want a Super Bowl. I think, Croc, you want a Super Bowl. I think a lot of people in the chat, they want a Super Bowl. We get it. But we can't sell our soul, man. We can't sell our soul for that Super Bowl ring. You got to stay true to yourself and stay true to to the conviction where you started back when you uh, you drafted this kid. You go down the development road this year and you see what happens. You know, we everyone wants to write this season off as a failure. Like he already just, you know, he's already five and whatever. Like we don't even know what this kid is yet. Let's give him a chance. He's going to have an offseason. He's going to have the OTAs. We still got a draft. We got free agency. Let's see what we can put around him. Let's see what, how he develops. Let's see if he can correct some of his things that he needed to get corrected. And let's see what he brings in the preseason. And then that will help us get a, a further picture of where he is in his development. But like we've already said, you know, week one will always look different than week 16, you know. So right. when he starts week one this year, don't Hell, his week five start look different look different than week sixteen, right? Right, right. And that's what I'm counting on. If he can come on and look halfway, you know, continuing on what he did in the Houston game and he brings it into this next season as a start, then what he what could he be possibly in week sixteen next year then? You know, we we let's see what this kid can do. Let's not rush the process and let's just you know, understand that, you know, these kids, whether it's Josh Allen, Trey Lance, Justin Herbert, or whoever you want to put up there, it takes time. They go through their ups. They go through their downs. But if you just keep the faith and you keep that belief in them, eventually you will see what you want to see. And the process will go a lot more uh, faster with when they when they really start to click it and really start to see what they need to see. Now, what I want to see Trey get good on is those fast Jimmy throws, those quick, you know, when he needs to get the ball out of his hands and he can right. get the ball, you know, let's say over the middle like Jimmy would do. You know, if he can get that into his arsenal, I'll think Trey will be a little bit more dangerous than what people really give him credit for. So that's basically all I want to say, Croc. Right. And um, someone here, uh, Mubbone, he made a good point. He said, we sold our soul in 94. That's how we became champs. And I think there's a difference between selling your soul like in whatever your 
excuse me, how can I put it? Like whatever your process is, right? Like when you drafted Trey Lance and you knew, okay, we got to develop him or, you know, whatever. Maybe, okay, we can have Jimmy around for year one. But ultimately we want to, you know, develop this kid. Almost like what the 49ers did. And again, I, I wasn't even alive during this time. But if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, Joe Montana didn't start year one. And then his yeah. first year starting, what was he, six and ten? Yeah. And then and then eventually he went into winning a, a Super Bowl, right? Uh, and then obviously they 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 had to trade for Steve Young. He sat for several years. And then once 94 came, it was all right, we're gonna go. Now we're going, we're gonna go all in by getting guys like Ken Norton, Deion Sanders. But I don't know if that was uh well, I think, spelling, I think we gotta go ahead to paint the picture a little bit for that. You know, you got to remember who the owner was. The, home, the owner at that time was Eddie DeBotlow. Eddie DeBotlow right. had already went through winning Super Bowls with Bill Walsh. And when he got to, when it was 94, uh, George, Seifert, George Seifert was the head coach at the time. He was uh, a coach from the Bill Walsh tree. He ran his defense. And so what Eddie was basically trying to do was put everything around this guy because he had always gotten close but he had never really gotten over the hump. And he wanted to put everything around that team in 90, after the 93 season to really compete against Dallas because that was the, the, the measuring stick at the time was Dallas. If you could right. beat Dallas, you can win the Super Bowl. That was the thing. You beat Dallas, you win the Super Bowl. And Jimmy had beaten us. You know, Jimmy had beaten us. Jimmy Johnson said, we're going to beat those 49ers, and they did that. He, he guaranteed it. They did it. So that year... You know, Eddie DeBalo didn't like that. He didn't, you don't guarantee, you don't guarantee ish on Eddie DeBalo. So Eddie DeBalo said, oh yeah, bet. Eddie DeBalo went into an arms race with Jerry and said, yeah, not again. You're not guaranteed. I don't care who this young coach you got, Jimmy Johnson, whoever he is, your Troy Aikman, your Emmitt Smith, your Michael Irvin, we got something for you. And so Eddie was like, I'm going to put the best defense around to shut that offense down. And that's what Eddie DeBarlo did. So it's a lot of context that you got to put in yeah. that year of 94 before you just say, well, yeah, we sold our soul. Well, the owner didn't play that game for a long time. The owner was an organic guy. The organic, he started with Walsh, and that's how they started with the, with the Niners. Like you said, it was right. organic. So it wasn't until, you know. Honestly, and drafting guys have, like uh... – you know, Ronnie Lott and some of those other guys that, that came in the early 80s. And, right. Uh, when when, when Dallas hitting that draft, when they got their Hall of Famers, don't let that Larry Island, you know, you got Emmy and all them. When they start hitting in their draft, we got in kind of behind. And so Eddie said, you know, I'm going to give the defense a quick twitch. And then we got rid of Charles Haley. That was, you know, a, a foundational piece. And that's when Kid Norton and all them came along. So, you know, it was a, you know, it, it, it was, it was a sell your soul, but it kind of wasn't. But I think, like you said, the best years of the 49ers when we did it organically, when, when Montana came up, like you said, and went through his ups and downs and eventually won the championship. So that's what I think is we should come out of the, the whole, you know, the, if you want to take it, because Steve Young was a great quarterback, but once Eddie got, you know, booted from the NFL, we could never do that again. So that's why Steve never had that arsenal again. Like we never went all in for the team that Steve really needed none of those years. I mean, I think he had right. one team that year with the T.O. catch 
in New Orleans um, that was like one of the best teams. And I think we had a good team with Steve when we had Garrison Hurst. And I was around this one hurt because Garrison Hurst went down in Atlanta. And I, I forgot what it was. I think he tore his Achilles or something when he went down. And then we, it was like, it was, oh, we couldn't run the ball no more. Everything was just stuttering. Yeah, they had to run the ball with Terry Kirby. <laughs> Bruh. Oh, my God, bro. That was one of the ugliest NFC championships I've ever been around to see in my life. But I know they kicked the field goal and they got us up out of this. And that was pretty much the end of the era, uh, young era because the arena, uh, the Hall of Famer from the Cardinals came across and, you know, slot blitz Steve Young. And, that, you know, that was that was a wrap for Steve with the concussions. And, yeah, I've been around for a lot. I've been around for a lot of the crap. <laughs> yeah. So, believe me, it, it – it, I I prefer, like you said, go through it through the organic way. Let's just build it up from Trey. Let's see what he has. Let's worry about the the number two spot. Who can we put behind him? Who makes sense to put behind him? Let's worry about another edge rusher for Nick Bosa to have some uh, help with, and a free agent corner. Because I'm not I'm like you, Crocker. I'm not I'm not saying corner shouldn't be a priority, but I don't know if we should prioritize in the draft. I'd rather prioritize it in free agency if that's, you know, we're going to do it like that. Um, and let's just get a free agent corner who we, you know, if we feel like he can lock it down, let's just spend some money and get a guy who can lock it down and then have those young guys, you know, broom up under him for, you know, three, four years. And then let's see who will take the the ranking. But I think I'm holding too much time, man. And I appreciate you for letting me on for this long. I hope everything went good. Oh, yeah. And I appreciate good. the show for you and Grant, man, y'all doing y'all thing, man. So continue doing your thing, Crop. Oh, thanks, fam. Appreciate it. All right. Here we go. Got a super chat uh, by Tanya Sal. Uh, I don't want one and done. It takes time to build a dynasty. Let's get back to the old Niner dynasty. Trust the process. Let the kid play. All right. He's our future. He needs to play. And and I agree. Now, I saw it was right here. Uh, you know, you don't want to be one and done. And I don't think getting I don't think getting Brady means one and done because you still got Trey Lance and there still is the development process with him on the team like I said it's not apples to apples in the sense of how the Lakers did it because the Lakers it was like well they traded away all the young players they traded away every draft pick uh to uh get a guy like uh, Anthony Davis and things like that and they struggled uh they struggled I mean all the guys are gone so they just threw that whole development thing out the window. So it was essentially maybe not one and done, but that's what it's looking like, right? Uh, Trey Lance is still would still be a part of the team if they did acquire Tom Brady. It just holds them off playing another year. And, and I don't think that it's the worst thing, right? Uh, there will be people that bring up, you know, several scenarios where quarterbacks uh, have sit, sat behind somebody and they wait their turn. <laughs> Whether it's Steve Young behind Joe Montana, Aaron Rodgers behind uh, uh, Brett Favre, and you know, we, we've seen it. Uh, hell, Carson Palmer <laughs> behind John Kitna. Uh, that was for one year. People don't remember that. Carson Palmer, he was the number one overall pick, Heisman Trophy Award winner, and drafted to the Bengals. And he did not play a single snap his rookie year. John Kitna played the whole year. Uh, Tom Brady, would, I mean, uh, Trey Lance would still be developing behind him, but. I again, I talked about the way that I like to do things, and and uh, I could be wrong, and it just depends on the scenario. Now, last offseason, 
yeah, there, there was no thought of Trey Lance or anyone else. Yeah, go all in on Matthew Stafford. And the 49ers got Matthew Stafford. I love it. I love it. But they didn't, and they went with the young guy. And now my mind uh, goes to, all right, like, I, I would love – I would love to see it out. Like, you know, I would love to. So, but yeah, you, you, y'all won't see me complain about Fortnite getting Tom Brady if it happens, which again, there's what 260 of y'all in there right now. So y'all probably missed what I said coming on, but I was in Vegas and uh, this guy, Croc, rich guy in the, in the know a little bit. And Croc, they're going, they're, they're going all in on Tom Brady. That's what I'm being told. And, uh, and that just got my, my wheel spinning. And then driving home, I get in from Vegas, driving home, an hour and some change drive for me from the airport to my house. And I'm listening to Matt Mayoko and him and Laura Britt. They're talking about how Tom Brady never retired. And he's not retired. And he never used those words. He never used the word, I'm retiring. He essentially just stepped away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, again, he's not a free agent. They own his rights, but if he wants to go somewhere, I'm pretty sure somebody can make it happen. And from what I'm understanding, I'm not a source guy. I don't like to, but just it's, from what I was told, 49ers are going all in on trying to get him. Steve McNair, okay, another person. Smitty, I sent the link. I sent the link to you on Twitter. Smitty, check check your Twitter. Uh, yes. Well, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't want to say how he knows because I don't want to put it out there, but I, I don't know. I don't, rich guy, you know I'm saying? This person, you know I'm saying? This person, I don't want to say too much because then, yeah, I don't want to get back to 49ers or Kyle Shanahan or anything like that. Uh, y'all never wait. I see, I see my guy. Where's it at? Uh, Mike Shields. Y'all won't hear me say, I don't want break. That, that's not really my thought process with it. For me, it's more of, I like, I like building things and I like the process of building and growth. And I love seeing it. And I love seeing the ups and downs. And I feel like it's so much more rewarding going through ups and downs and seeing something develop i just think it's so cool and uh so that's why i would go with lance just because i love seeing that process all right here we go i got my guy smitty coming on and uh smitty smitty is all in on trey lance so you got a nickname for him already and smitty for those are you a, are you a cardinal fan because i thought i heard you were you are you a cardinal fan so I'm I'm a fantasy football show, fantasy football first. Um, but I am in Arizona, so yes, I I have a loyalty to the Cardinals. Um, but I am a big big Niner supporter because I'm on several Niner uh, shows, the Quad Box yeah. on YouTube, the Quad Box on Instagram, um, with RSF 49ers and and the and the guys. And so I've invested interest in in Niner talk. Um, and I definitely pull for the Niners. Um, but like, yeah, I am a Cardinal fan. Unfortunately, we're going through our, our quarterback situation right now. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm all what in on. Hold on. Well, what is that quarterback? Like what's going on there? Cause I mean, we see the stuff, but what are you hearing? 
So Kyler, okay. So in, in, in the Valley around the Valley here and in Arizona, we've had a problem with Kyler for a long time. People are starting to, to kind of, you know, see the, the troubles like float to the surface right now, but the fan base in, in general was, was pulling for a Watson and, and Kyler swap last off season, the same time. And the rumors were so uh, uh, massive in numbers everywhere just bouncing off local radio stations, all the local online newspapers. Um, everybody was talking about it and uh, ended up being that the the Cardinals came out and shot down the rumor uh, that the fan base was pretty much generating, um, trying to will this trade to happen. Um, last year, we couldn't upgrade Kyler. Uh, Aaron Rodgers wasn't, wasn't attainable. Shanahan himself called him on uh, called the Packers on draft day and said, Hey, is a rod available? They said, no, that, that Schefter rumor is wrong. Hung up the phone. Watson wasn't available. The Texans refused to trade him. Refused. They, they were, they were letting this guy ride the bench for 10 million and they'd rather watch the whole house burn down before they give Watson what he wanted. Um, you know, Brady, not, none of this, none of these options that, that are all kind of potentially there, potentially I say, uh, even Russell Wilson, interdivision trade never happens, but the two disgruntled quarterbacks, you never know. There are actually options this year to potentially move Kyler because Kyler's hard to upgrade. He may not win it for us. He may be a, uh, he may lack leadership, but he's still hard to upgrade. Now we can actually upgrade him. You know, we have a package, Kyler and, and draft capital for A-Rod. Kyler and draft ca capital for Watson. And I think all the teams would potentially listen to a, an offer by the Cardinals. So the, the question is, would Kingsbury do it? Hmm. And I've heard the, all the uh, talks about his kind of like the maturity and kind of the way he carries himself. And you can kind of see it uh, pre-draft that he's kind of a different cat, you know, but uh, the, yeah, the he, leadership things, they're, they're just getting louder and louder. Yeah. He, he sits in his, uh, in his locker. Locker before game time with his ear pods in, never lifts the, any other teammates up, never motivates, never he just isolates, and and that's been known for a while. Um, the problem is when it spills onto the field too, and people don't believe in him when the team when the team doesn't believe in him when his teammates aren't aren't they don't have faith that he has their back, you know, like they he he won't go to war for him. That's kind of how they feel. Um, that's the rumor. The, a lot of rumors are are kind of spreading around uh and, and it all seems to be backed up by action like you can you can you can look at like the game for example he was asked to go back in the game uh in that playoff loss the last drive and he refused to he refused to go onto the field with his teammates and snap the ball and end the game together he felt embarrassed like the cardinals set him up for failure taking no blame himself this is a this is a quarterback that needs hopkins because he can only be successful outside of the pocket. And while he can be extremely successful outside of the pocket, the Cardinals were the best team in football for half of a season. Um, as soon as Hopkins was taken out of the equa equation, Kyler Murray just fell apart and disarmed because he had, he no longer had that wide receiver. That was the best uh, team, the, the best wide receiver catching footballs outside what his quarterbacks outside the pocket. Number one in the league. Um, and he learned that from Watson. That's why Watson's such a great fit. You bring Watson over, the leadership, the ability to mesh with Hopkins right away. Cardinals would be, I know a lot of Niner fans are in here, so they're going to laugh at this. And, 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 you know, I understand that. 
but they would be a lock to be a top two team in the entire NFC. We literally have the number one, in my opinion, and number two teams in the entire NFC in our division in the Niners and the Cardinals. Um, if we acquired Watson or A-Rod or someone like that. Um, yeah, Brady's another example. Um, I, I think that that here, here's here's one thing I'm going to throw at you, and I'm not saying it's a high percentage chance, so anybody in the chat's going to like flip out over this, but Kyle Shanahan slighted Tom Brady, kind of spit on Tom Brady, saying, you know, marginally, marginally better yeah. than Jimmy Garoppolo. And no, yeah. we don't we don't need your services. Tom Brady's upset. Hold on, He's at the time, at the time, and a lot of people now, it definitely sounds crazy. But that was Tom Brady's worst year of his career. He obviously aging at the time, like 43 years old or whatever he was going to be. I do think that it was, they weren't wrong to kind of question where he was at while also having a Jimmy Garoppolo that, where you went to a Super Bowl and he was coming off of an ACL. And you probably would think, you know, he's he's going to get, Jimmy's going to get better in, in the system where it looked like Tom Brady was on a decline. So for them to say Tom Brady was marginally better, I I get I I get it. And I, I know how it could upset Tom Brady. And I know how it looks now. Now it looks crazy. But at the time, I, I could see someone kind of thinking that. Yeah, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Um, personally, I didn't feel like he, he like he was done. Um, the I understand how some people could maybe get there, um, but I didn't feel like he was done. I didn't feel like he was done. I think a lot of people didn't feel like he was done. And even if people felt like he could be dropping off, I think most people outside of a, a clouded, you know, blinders on Niner environment, no, no offense, but like everybody wanted to believe, wanted to believe out of, loyalty in, in the 49er faithful you guys are called the 49er faithful community for a reason you're faithful you're loyal and and i that's one thing i really really respect about the niner community but everybody had blinders on with jimmy like i felt like it was pretty easy to see he wasn't going to take you to the promised land he almost did but but not because he was driving it's because the niners defense special right. teams everybody carried this man every single step and i promise you croc i promise you if Tart would have caught that INT, everyone would have been talking about how Jimmy G still wins. And and if 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 Tart would have caught that interception, and you guys would have maybe not even done, maybe Jimmy G didn't even do anything in the Super Bowl. Let's say he had a hundred yards and an INT and no touchdowns through twelve passes, which he was kind of on course to do in any given <laughs> playoff game. This this playoffs. Let's say he threw twelve passes, had one INT. And 100 yards, and you guys won the Super Bowl because Tart caught the INT, you win the game. Then you go in and your defense wins the Super Bowl. You would be starting Jimmy G in week one of 2022. Had that happened, had that happened, had Tart caught that interception, you would be I don't starting. I think Jimmy. so. I think so. I think, I think, I, I think that's what I would think. Have no happened. coach, right? With all the things that you just said and how they would have had to win, I don't think any coach wants to have to have to rely on that to win football games because I, I don't think I don't it's not it's not ideal. So no, not I, saying I that agree. it wasn't a possibility, but that's really not an ideal way to have to win football games. Right, right. Like I, I agree. Like there's no bigger Jimmy G 
like I don't want to say a hater because I, I I appreciate the guy, but there's no one that that is more against this man starting for the 49ers over Trey Lance. I'm the biggest Trey Lance advocate. I'm merely painting the I'm merely painting the picture that Shanahan has blinders on for this man, and and I feel like he would have continued to make the wrong move. Trey was the right call from week one. Trey was the right call. So real um, quick. And, um, and I want to let you get into this. Like you have yeah. been a big advocate of Trey Lance and and how you just view him, what you think he is, what you thought he was this year, if you would have played the whole time. Uh, and again, this is not someone that is a 49er fan. Obviously, he is on 49er shows. He talks to a lot of 49er fans and other uh, guys that cover the 49ers. But this is kind of just a, a, a thought process from someone, an outside interest. So your thing was you would have went with Trey Lance from the jump. And then you've also had kind of high praise for him moving forward. So talk to us a little bit about that. I just kind of want to set the stage. I know you're about to get into Trey Lance. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. This is what I said on the quad box shows when you guys were three and five and it was looking bleak. It was, it was at least time to put him in. Then when things started turning around the Niner community, had a, a natural instinct to say, "Oh my God, playoff hopes are are on the on the rise, on the horizon. We could we smell playoffs now. When playoffs at three and five were completely out of the question, like everyone was like, no playoffs. We're talking about next year already. And things started turning around. And once things turned around, what I said over and over was, Trey needs to go in now. And everybody was like, no, 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 you can't fix what's not broken. And, and all I heard was just like a scared like. Like, let's keep them in because things are going okay. When from an outsider perspective, I'm sitting here going, they're going okay because the Niners are carrying Jimmy G and continuing to carry him. And you will continue to carry him. And it's good. You're going to fall short because at some point, the safety net won't be moved underneath Jimmy G in time. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, special teams really won a lot throughout four. the playoffs, right? With the, the Packers game, the Rams game. You know, really kind of both games, it was kind of like, you know, the 49ers couldn't run the ball against the Rams. Right. And, you know, you hear Debo Samuel come out and say, well, they, they forced us to pass, <laughs> you know, and it didn't work. Uh, and that's what you mean by the safety net of great defense, great run game. At some point, you're going to need better play from your quarterback. If people think that this team, ima imagine what it could do as a whole in being a safety net for Trey Lance. If, if, if the team can win and advance as far as you guys advance, literally we're at the doorstep of, the, of a Super Bowl win, you know, if you can do that carrying Jimmy G, imagine what you could do to Trey Lance if he needed carrying, but you also get the, the, the insane amount of skill set that this guy brings to the table, natural running ability, uh, no film on the guy. Uh, coming in and just no, no, no defense could be even prepared for McVeigh wouldn't have been prepared for him. You can get in McVeigh's head. You live rent free in McVeigh's head. And McVeigh basically said, "Here's my blueprint. All you got to do is throw the ball. We're gonna stop the run." And what it, what is what does Shanahan do? Doesn't throw the kitchen sink at McVeigh. Doesn't put Trey in at all. Even on like special packages, the fourth and two play. Trey, Trey Lance would have got that fourth and he would have went for it. Not only would he uh, would Shanahan have went for it on fourth and two with Trey, but Trey would have got that first down. And had had Debo Samuel got more than one, what one touch the whole second half, 
had Trey or Debo been quarter. in that yeah. in, in, in a position to, I think, try and execute that fourth and two play when I thought Shanahan was getting some balls, he was going to send his offense back on the field. Oh my God, this is where Shanahan's finally going to put his foot on the gas pedal. And had Debo not got that first down on fourth and two, not a single person watching right now. You're 323 people in here, Croc. Include one of those is me because I've I've got the chat open too. 323 people. Every single one of us would have been proud of Debo, not upset at Debo. We would have been like we the the ball was in the best player's hands and he didn't get it. But instead, we're left you know questioning Shanahan's play calling and 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 a whole bunch of other things in his decision making with the quarterback position. Why he was scared to use his one of his greatest weapons. When the controversy was over, the whole reason he's not putting Trey in all year long is because he's afraid of controversy. He's afraid of the locker room getting divided. He's afraid of a lot of things. And at that point, what was there anything to be afraid of? It was at the end of the season, there was potentially not even another game left. And he's still worried about putting in the back of quarterback when you're starting quarterbacks inept to move the football down the field. And he's got two big injuries and you still can't put in a guy that has every bit of talent that Trey has or that Jimmy has and a whole bunch more of abilities and, and potential, uh, you know, weapons at his disposal, the the running, everything. I'm so excited about Trey Lance. The first thing I'll say, and I'm sure you'll, you'll want to chime in because I've been talking forever here. No, you're good. Trey Go Lance, ahead. The, the, the chat is loving it as well. <laughs> Trey Lance, there's one thing I do, Croc, is, is, is I – on the fantasy football show is predicting sleepers and breakouts and quarterbacks. And hold on is... real quick. Again, we're talking with my guy, Smitty, smitty1.com, uh, fantasy guru has his show. Also, he's a, he's, he likes the Cardinals. He lives in, his loyalty is to the Cardinals. He's living in Arizona, but he does do shows uh, with some 49er content creators, the quad box on uh, Instagram, as well as YouTube. So uh, yeah. this perspective we... that we're getting right now from our guy, Smitty is from, an outsider's perspective on how he views the 49ers and what he thinks that, you know, just his thought process throughout this whole time. So uh, this is not a 49er fan uh, per se, as you know, you typically hear from, but, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, but, but thanks Croc. Appreciate it. And Hey, can you come on our show Thursday, by the way, uh, we're, we go live at uh, about, I would say right around 8 PM Eastern. Uh, I can come on at nine Eastern, but I'll send you a link and you can come on hopefully at some point, but we'd love to have you. All on. right. Um, we had Danny Woodhead on, uh, I think the week prior and he, he, gave, he put a, he gave us a lot of insight on Tom Brady and stuff like that. So it, it was, was uh, it was really, really fire show, but we'd love to have you on and, and talk about Trey. People would love it. Um, the one thing I'll say about Trey is and and again I come from like a scouting perspective it has nothing to do with any individual team it, fantasy football NFL you know analysis over my favorite team I I don't care if, I don't care about the Cardinals winning as much as I care about you know predicting and talking about players and and, and Trey was my guy from the beginning I'm on the quad box it's there's four of us I'm the only non-niner community the rest are RSF 49ers and two other niner pages C-Mac and Vlad and we're talking about this before the draft. And I'm like, Lance is the guy. Lance is the guy. Um, and when Lance was drafted, I've been supporting him from the beginning. So this isn't like uh, anything to do with the, you know, the Niners. The Niners only amplify his skill set because he's walking into 
the best situation we've ever seen a rookie quarterback walk into. And not only that, we have this quarterback that has a skill set that we don't really have much uh, comparable comparable to in terms maybe Watson. I would say Deshaun Watson is the best comparable to Trey Lance, all-encompassing one player trying to compare to Trey Lance. I would say Deshaun Watson because Desha- Deshaun Watson's smooth. That's the one word I have for Trey Lance that people, I think, will be able to say four, five, six, seven months from now and say, God, if I had to describe him one word, it would be smooth. Just dropping back, just making decisions. The dude is just smooth, just like Watson. Um, on the field, Watson's smooth. <laughs> Off the field, not so smooth right now. But <laughs> but the thing about Trey, and the one thing Trey's got to work on, which I think he'll work on in the offseason, is doing the things Jimmy G can do right. Because the certain things that Jimmy G does, the few things that he does, he does very well. The short passes, the the uh, first read, second read, being able to deliver the football to his first read, his second read when you're going through the progressions. I, I firmly believe this is Trey's problem. And it's really his only problem. Trey Lance is so confident, as he should be, in his ability to get out of trouble once he goes through his progressions. He knows that he can get a first down, or at least in the past, he has been trained to know that he can get a first down. If he's going through his progressions and he's got his first his, his first option, five yards, hmm, I'm going to take a gamble, roll the dice, go to my second progression, because that might be seven or eight yards. Then he goes through his progressions and he tries to go for the big play. If you watched him last year, his problem was there would be potential for, uh, first and second options open for him, he would go through his progressions because he knew he could get out of trouble. Jimmy G was so good at going to his first or second guy because the further he got down the progression tree, the more likely it was going to end in disaster. Because if he got if he ran out of potential options, Jimmy G's getting sacked or or just completely smashed. Whereas Trey Trey likes to gamble a little bit with that, but he's young. He's going to learn that. Once he learns that, Trey Lance is going to be his, the sky is the limit for this kid because everything else he can do, Jimmy can't do any of it. Scramble, uh, cannon for an arm, uh, ability to extend the play, all these things that, that if you added to Jimmy G, and I don't want to say that because I really don't, I don't support Jimmy G as a quarter starting quarterback. I just don't. If you added all the things Trey has to Jimmy G, it's like the perfect quarterback. Once he learns all those smaller things, the the things that he doesn't quite, no, yet he's going to be unstoppable. And, and in this system with Debo, with Kittle, with Ayuk, with a running game, it's going to probably average a whole yard per carry more, or maybe a little less than that per carry more, not, not including Trey's rushing that you're adding to the total of the team. The running back alone is going to have more open space, defenses spread out. Uh, you're always spying or, or monitoring where Trey's on the field. It's going to stretch everything out. Like everyone's going to be just a little bit more open. And if Trey can start hitting on those 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 quick passes when people are just getting comfortable under their route instead of scrambling all the time, it's like he wants to make a big play because he's so confident in his backup plan. You know what I mean? I feel like that's probably what his hangup is right now. He's so yeah. confident in his backup plan, which is his legs, that he'll take a chance not throwing a quick uh, five yard slant when. Maybe Kittle's, you know, wide open for about four or five. And seconds. we've seen that with some of the other guys. I, I like that you brought up Watson because if people really go back to to watching Watson, especially his rookie year. Now, again, I mean, it was amazing what he was doing. Actually, 
if people really go back, if you watch Deshaun Watson's first couple of games, they weren't very pretty. His first game. Remember when yeah. he played against the Bengals and it was on yeah. like national television? And I think people were looking like, what the heck? He had that one run, but it looked weird. And then I think it was coming his third game or maybe his fourth game. It was one of those games where all of a sudden it was just like, boom, bombs away. Boom, boom, boom. Right. But his first couple of starts, Deshaun Watson, people don't remember this. A little, a little, yeah, a little awkwardness to it. A little like, okay, they, I see they just kind of threw him in there. Okay, they're just kind of they're trying to piece it together because I don't think he started this season. Started maybe after the first half. I think it was the first game, second half he played. I yeah, I feel, I he feel like in. he had a. I I forget what game he, what game he started. I think it was the he, first game. I think they they, they yeah. the first game he didn't start. Quick. And then after oh, halftime he played. And then his next two starts. They were a little weird, right? And and then it was like the third game. That's when it started being like bombs away. I don't know if that was a Seahawks game. That was like his coming out party, where he went toe to toe with Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson he just had the ball last. <laughs> Not one of those games whoever has the ball last, that's just gonna win. But uh, that's what we saw. So, but Deshaun Watson, one thing that I noticed throughout, especially his rookie year, and then you start to see him. And obviously, he had the ACL. Uh, then I think the 49ers played him in the preseason after that you start to see him get the ball in his hands quicker and yeah, not rely the on the second reaction throws and plays as much. Right. Even then, if you go back and watch Watson, even in that first full year that he started after the ACL, uh, you would see a lot of what he was doing was heavily dependent on De uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And all right, I'm my first read, like I don't care what anybody else doing. I'm going to look at Hopkins. I'm going to stare that down. Oh, it's not there. Okay, now I'm going to move around. I'm going to make plays on the move. And then, you know, he just – it's kind of special in that way. Yeah. But I agree in the sense of, I think there's a lot of things that you said with Deshaun Watson. I, I think that's probably Deshaun Watson, not as big of an arm as Trey Lance uh, in the sense of velocity, but I think he's, he's the version of Trey Lance with more passing attempts throughout college. Right. And we saw Watson do some special, special things, right? Like, what do you do going toe to toe with uh, the, the Alabama national championships and things like that? Uh, Trey Lance is like the the less experienced version of of that, but has the ability to get to that point. Now it's just how do you do it? And I think some of the things that we saw from him as a rookie in just two starts, it looked like Trey Lance is kind of on the right path to that. Yeah, he's definitely like there. There's nothing about his play and again as you mentioned wasn't a lot but it was enough to go on there wasn't a there wasn't enough at all that worries me you know like like everything we saw in Trey Lance he 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 progressed so quick mid game you know like if he made mistakes mid game he made up for him it was almost like he if he did it this amount of bad he'd do this much better good and at the end of the, the day I think games would have been won I firmly believe you would have had a better record had you started Trey Lance from week one, but there were several opportunities. Like if you disagree with that in the chat, or if anybody disagrees with that, I get it. It's perspective. I understand. Then when you're three and five, maybe he should have went in. Then, then later on, he should have went in. And and for, for certain, he should have played after that Texan game in week 17, when he had the momentum and really on our quad box show, we, we exited that week 17 game. And I said, I'm going to lose my mind. If if Shanahan decides to go back to an injured Jimmy G 
And the feeling, I think everybody can kind of remember coming out of the Texan game, the feeling was Trey Lance is free and it's Trey Lance time. And any analyst you saw talk about it, they were hesitant maybe, but they were like, no, I, I don't, I think they're probably going to start Trey Lance. You know, this was like coming out of the game. Yeah, Chris Sims started, uh, you know, and Chris Sims was not high on Trey Lance coming out of college. <laughs> All right. He had him as the fifth or sixth best quarterback in that class. Wasn't high. He said, uh, you got to go with this Trey Lance kid. He makes your offense more dangerous and less risky. He yeah. can do things that Jimmy Garoppolo can't. I would go with the young kid. And that's somebody that was not a Trey Lance guy coming right. out. So I think there is something to that where people were, you know, cautiously optimistic and they knew what was on the line come week 18. It was a huge game. Right. I was one that was like, ah, I probably would go with Jimmy because I know more of what I'm getting as, a, as opposed to a rookie and Raheem Morris throwing the kitchen sink at, at a young guy and just kind of catching them off guard. But if they would have went with Trey Lance, obviously that would have been very exciting. And I think, like, like you said, that's something heading in the right direction. That's something that they could have done. And you had a shot. Like right now, looking back, I know it's easy. Hindsight's always, always perfect vision. But looking back, what I said on the quad box in week 17 is coming out of the week 17 win. If you go back to Jimmy G and you fall short, you will always wonder what if. You'll always wonder what if. And I, 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 I think you could maybe say that about not going with Jimmy. Like, what if we just put Jimmy? Like, I, I get that there's two perspectives to it. But for me, it was like, this guy is not the answer long term. What on earth makes anybody think he's the better answer short term? It's kind of like you're going with uh, a guy that nobody really believes in, but it feels safe enough right now to just let's just get through the year and we'll worry about Trey next year. Like that, that irked me to no end because for me, Trey Lance, if you can win with, with Jimmy G throwing eight times in a playoff game, why can't you win with Trey Lance if you wanted to put a governor on this guy and not let him throw more than eight times, but with the mobility and all that? How would you not have won the same game? It drives me nuts when people say a rookie. You're going to march into the playoffs with a rookie. You you have no comparable situation with this talent level and Trey Lance coming into week 18 and, and into the playoffs. With situation, there's no comparable situation ever that you can look at to say we're putting we're marrying this kind of talent even as a rookie with a team this loaded from top to bottom defense everything like like he was you could have handheld this guy and and given him 8 to 10 you know passes which you wouldn't have done but I'm just saying you could have and got a much better result than what you got with Jimmy G and it was just it was driving me nuts all year long and and uh, we made a bunch of bets on the quad box. I said Trey would start week one back on draft day. And 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 news recently report reporting that he was in strong consideration to be the starter until he got hurt. And it did feel like the rug was pulled out from under me on that bet when it happened and the announcement came. And I was like, man, it it, it just felt like like it should have happened and it didn't. And in that report, I believe there's probably some truth to it that, that Trey did you was eat the mayonnaise? Into, you what? Did you eat the mayonnaise? Uh, not yet. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. On the quad box, yeah. There's another mayonnaise bit I have that that I'm I'm. There's a guy on Twitter. Did you ever hear about the guy on Twitter that said that if uh, I forget what his bet was, he said that if someone didn't do something, he would eat uh a whole thing of mayonnaise, and then he like left Twitter after he lost the bet. 
I told oh, everybody man. that that this was years ago that I would make good on his bet and I was going to eat his mayonnaise. I haven't done that one yet, but yes, I did eat the mayonnaise on the quad box for for that. I bet that he'd oh. start week one and I had to eat a, a heaping spoon of, spoon of mayonnaise and I had to run a mile with a forty five pound plate. That was, oh, that was my no. bet. So I paid up on that, but uh, but I felt like I should have won that bet. And and my problem was betting on Shanahan, who obviously is hard to predict, or at least for me it is, because I'm trying to use logic. And this man, uh, Shanahan, uh, has botched quarterback decision-making dating back to Watson, Mahomes, Brady, and then now Trey Lance. So for me, it's like this guy's a, he's a master play caller. He's a wizard with the the schemes and in the playbook and everything but i feel like and i don't know if people want to hear this but i feel like he's not a good head coach yet maybe he can develop into it but the, he there's he can't say he's been to two nfc championship games and the super bowl in, in the last three years so i, I, don't I know think he i can know. say he's not a good head coach I'll let me rephrase i feel like he's unable to tap into his abilities the same way as a head coach because he doesn't know how to make some personnel decisions. He doesn't know how. I feel like it's almost like he's one of the best chefs you have and he's trying to manage the restaurant and still be the best chef. And I think it's getting in his, his own way. And and there's nothing you can do at this point. You can't, you can't change anything. He's the, he's the head coach. But it, I worry that he, I mean, to make the decision to roll with Jimmy G all year is, is a huge mistake on, in my view. And I know that a lot of people still feel like Jimmy G was the right call, but I don't, I don't, I, I don't care about historical data that talks about a rookie not being able to come in and do whatever, what I'm expect, what I expected Trey to do as a rookie, because there is no comparable situation. I'm tired of hearing people say he's not ready. He didn't know how to read defense. You know who wasn't ready? Justin, uh, Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert wasn't ready. You know who wasn't ready? Joe Burrow at the beginning of this season, you know, and, and, and people like to they say they were probably that, projected to win six games. <laughs> I, 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 I had the Bengals winning the division and that, that got crapped on left and right, left and right, left and right over and over and over. And, and now that it happened, all the short memories about how worried people were about Sewell not being the pick and Jamar Chase being the pick. And I know people will say, oh, well, look at the end result. They were they were just a play or two away from winning the Super Bowl. So we can't pretend that Chase wasn't the right pick. But it's all this, like, people are scared, I think, of first. And, and, and I think Trey Lance starting for the Niners has scared a lot of people into wanting something familiar. But he, the good news, Croc, is in the end, I think we're going to be in the same place. I think come, like, maybe he, maybe he has a little bit rougher weeks one through four or five but he still wins the game. I think he still wins games. Like, I don't think, I think he's so good at, at mid game maturing, like maturing and, and, and learning from his mistakes. You still can win the games by week eight or nine. He's probably in the same place. He would have been had you started him like mid season on last year. I really believe that in the end, it's not going to matter. It just came down to, did you have a shot to win a Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback? You did. I think, I think fans got robbed. We'll never really know. But I think fans got robbed because this guy could have done easily what Trey, what uh, Jimmy G did. E even if you held him back, he would have easily been able to do what Jimmy G did. Plus give McVay something McVay couldn't wrap his head around. And it, it was so clear as day. McVay knew what to do. Kyle knew what McVay was doing. And yet, instead of saying, okay, the only thing he's let me do is throw the football. 
Let me throw something at him. Let me throw the kitchen sink at him. He just kept letting Jimmy G try and win the game when I, Jimmy G clearly proved he couldn't. I, I think Kyle Shanahan shows a lack of like aggressiveness with a lot of his decisions, whether it's on the field or off the field. The more aggressive move to make would have been like you did to trade up for Trey Lance, but to tr to play him and then instill the confidence in him that moving forward, you're the guy we're going to win with you. I don't think Kyle ever did that. And uh, his play calling kind of at times, his aggressiveness, not with Trey, because I don't know, it's really weird. He was very aggressive with Trey Lance on fourth downs, but the opposite with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, we got some super chats here. He said, Coach, this clown was calling for Kyle to be traded or fired by week six of the season on Instagram. He's all over the place. One game out of, uh, one game out of the chip. I'll take it. Oh, oh, let me respond to this first. And shout out to uh, Coach. I, I appreciate the contribution. I wasn't saying, and he's talking about you. Uh, saying that you were calling for him to be traded and stuff, but I, I, I tra traded was traded was a joke, by the way. <laughs> He's still gonna trade, but off. hold on. But I, I know for me, when it came to him, I felt like when the 49ers are sitting at three and five, whatever pushback you got for for Kyle Shanahan, I feel like it was warranted. Yeah, you know, you're talking about a guy who at that point was trending towards one winning season in five years. And anyone else would have been fired, right? Now, they couldn't do it. They just extended him and all that. Then they just drafted Trey Lance. So I, I knew that him. Uh, maybe they can delegate responsibilities to other people and take some off of his plate to where he just focuses on something more specific. And I have made a video of Kyle Shanahan should fire himself. And what I was saying was, Kyle Shanahan, fire the player personnel guy. Fire yep. that guy. You just just coach your offense. Just be that guy. But I I there are a lot of people now that come back and it's like, oh, you know, y'all wanted Kyle Shanahan fired. Like, oh, y'all, where what are y'all saying now? And it's like, dude, yeah, again, they were they were three and five in, in, in year five and trending towards one winning season in five years. Anybody else would have been fired. Any other coach would have been fired. And I strongly believe if he didn't have a, if he didn't have that extension, he would have been on the hot seat. Uh, you kind of give me your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand where c the coach is coming from. First, first of all, if anybody's going to give you a, a, a super chat and yell at me, I'm all for it. So keep them coming. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I get this a lot. It's fine. You know, uh, a lot of people watch our show on Instagram. We, on, on draft day, we had 5,000 people in our in our live stream on IG. It was crazy. So there's going to be a lot of people that disagree. You, the more people you have watching, the more people you're going to have to disagree with you, and it's fine. And I respect the coach's opinion. But 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 as you said, there was plenty of reason to call for his his head, so to speak, and and the, the continuous botching of quarterback decision-making over and over also. Now, did he prove me wrong and, and really kind of turn things around? Yeah. But he also screwed up majorly in 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 that that last half, giving Debo one touch. You know, like like, and I'm not saying he should be fired over that. I'm just saying he. I feel like he's getting in his own way, being a head coach and trying to run the offense because it's holding his creativity back. It's holding back a lot of things. I'm not saying he can't overcome it. I'm not saying he can't get better. I'm just saying there have been points where, and sometimes I've been heated about it, about his decision to not play Trey. And maybe I let the, 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 
the I don't know frustration get the better of me, and I, I I maybe said things a little went a little too far on you know remove them now or whatever. Uh, I get that, I and, and I admit that, but but at the same time, I think Kyle's got to figure out a way with Trey Lance right now to let Trey Lance do Trey Lance. And in the the great thing, Croc, the great thing that I don't think people are really giving too much thought right now is that everything that Shanahan's bad at like in terms of like taking his foot off the gas, which everyone, I think everyone feels that way. He can, he can really take his foot off the gas when he needs to press the gas pedal down and keep yeah. moving down the field and, and, and getting scared or being worried and changing things up when he shouldn't. Everything he has a problem with play calling or decision-making or whatever, Trey Lance can impromptu improvise his way out of. So it's going to be a nice fit because if, there's a call that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Jimmy G was stuck with it and had to to follow through with it. Trey Lance can can tuck and run and kind of get Kyle out of some some issues and in, in situations that he might put the team in. And I I just feel like there's going to be so such another there's going to be such a extended dynamic on all fronts with Trey under center, the ability to run, the ability to throw downfield, and then once he can learn to do those short intermediate passes that Jimmy G was good at at times um, and the decision-making with the first and second reads versus waiting and waiting, waiting, like, like every great play you see of Trey on, on highlight films is literally like his third or fourth read or he's scrambling around and then he throws some amazing pass to Debo or Ayuk or whatever. So as long as we start seeing him be smart and concise with the football and trust that Debo on a five yard gain in his mind can maybe, if you trust him, turn it into a 12 or 15 yard gain. Like once he starts doing that, Trey's not going to be stopped. Like, and, and I, and you asked me in the beginning, I have a nickname for him and I get a lot of, I take a lot of flack for this and, and I'm called the biggest Trey Lance fan on a Niner show. Um, I call him the King of the NFC and people are like, you can't do that. He's never played. Like you can't call him that, but that's the whole thing is like, I, I can sit back and wait for something to happen and tell you it's going to happen. And that's not exciting or, or, or predictive at all. My whole job, I come from a little bit different angle because my whole job is to try and predict them before they come, not, not make an observation as it's happening. And sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes I'm right. But with quarterbacks, especially these, these big time quarterbacks on the rise, Pat Mahomes, I called that one on CBS sports radio while, while this, while Alex Smith was still tearing it up in, in October um, the year that Mahomes sat the bench the whole year, that he was going to be a top one to five guy. Josh Allen, everything that I saw in those guys, and it was pushback every time I mentioned their names, everything I saw in those guys, I see in Trey Lance, and I get that deep gut feeling that this kid's going to be not only just great, he's going to be like top five to seven in the league, potentially out of the gate, meaning that in the AFC, you have Josh Allen, Mahomes, Herbert Burrow, those are the top four quarterbacks in the NFL, all in the AFC. In the NFC, especially if A-Rod gets sent to the AFC, if he's traded, you, you have Trey Lance. Like some will say Kyler. I say Kyler's in some trouble. Some will say Stafford. But ultimately, I truly believe you have Trey Lance going to contend for the best quarterback in the NFC. And it's going to rub people the wrong way until it happens, but I firmly believe it will happen. And I think it's going to happen really fast. I love it. I love it. And uh, we got our guy, Big Dez, right here. He says, uh, you're on the money. He says, the original plan, playing both quarterbacks should have been there in the NFC Championship game. 
And I, I think uh, a big part of that, Kyle Shanahan touched on it earlier, and I heard uh, Trading Lance also kind of speak to that as well, basically saying, like, man, uh, Kyle couldn't Kyle couldn't really figure out how to utilize that dynamic in the offense. He tried it early on, felt like it kind of messed with his uh, flow of the offense and his play calling, and he just never was able to kind of get in that rhythm. As it, there's some people that are like, oh, see, he's not ready because he didn't play. Steve Young says it a lot. Well, he's not even seeing the field. And I, I don't think it was because he just can't play. I, I feel like a lot of people act like we didn't watch the Tex Texans game. And at the very least, at the very least, you had to walk away from that saying he, the kid can play, right? Like not saying he's this finished product, not saying he's this, but it's like there, the, he can play. He's not someone that just can't play quarterback in the NFL. I felt like a lot of people kind of continued on with that. Yeah, I mean, um, from what, what he was given, Croc, right. he did did really well. Like, if you look at right. people, and, and the and the weird thing is, people talk about him as if he's not going to improve, which is the funniest part. Like, you get what you get. Here's what he is. You know, like, look at, and I know it's an outlier in, to some degree, but look how bad Josh Allen looked as a passer coming out of his rookie year. It was like, this guy's a gadget player he can only run he has no weapons and literally can't throw the football he will never be a great quarterback throwing the football look at him he's the best quarterback in the nfl already and trey doesn't need to be tweaked in those ways trey's already got i think the mechanics maybe footwork patience pocket presence which he has great pocket presence to get out but he needs to have good pocket presence when he's in the pocket and try and remain in the pocket and make those quick quick release uh, passes, but those things are the, the thing. The, the great part is the things he's got to learn are probably the easiest things for him to learn, you know, with good coaching and good supporting cast. People say, Oh, we play for a small school. You know, sometimes that, that makes a player like Trey try and do more of it on his own. And he's used to that. And, and he's got to trust that Debo and Kittle and Ayuk are as good as him in his mind and he can trust them to do what he never really could trust others to do in college. So it's going to be a really, he's smart. He's smart, well-spoken, smart. Um, some say he's the smartest quarterback in this draft in his draft class. I think he's going to pick things up ultra quick and to judge him at all. When he was never truly handed the keys to the lineup, this offense blocks differently for Trey than it does for Jimmy G. There are so many things that the whole entire team is going to do to prepare the offense for Trey. So it's a Trey built offense that judging him at all for a Jimmy G built offense is ridiculous. It's like judging somebody that wears a size 14 shoe running in somebody's shoe. That's a size 12. Like that, that's right. how I feel about Trey Lance. And when people judge his rookie year, like you gotta be crazy what this kid did. And you watch him mid game, learn and learn from his mistakes. When did he fail? When did he fail? Maybe you didn't beat the Cardinals, but you went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Cardinals, I believe, without a kicker and without Kittle. You at least didn't have Kittle, but was that the game you also didn't have a kicker? Yeah. Didn't yeah, have Kittle. Had the went, Joey Sly guy, whatever his name is. You went toe-to-toe -to -toe with, at the time, I know there's laughter whenever I say this because the Cardinals fell apart. At the time, the Cardinals were the best team in football. You literally went toe-to-toe. -to -toe. He won that preseason game where he started and off. They, the yeah, hot. they were hot on defense. Like they had, they, I mean, JJ Watt yeah. was cooking. Uh, obviously, you got Chandler Jones, Buda Baker. I mean, like they, they had some guys out there running around playing really good defense. Yeah. So, so, you know, when you 
actually take a look at what he's done every time his number's been called, it's impressive. Winning that Week 17 game against a Texans team that, that was really beating some teams. I believe they beat the Bengals the week or week before that. Um, this was a this was not an easy team to beat. And there was playoff implications. It was like a pre-playoff game. Um, and, and and then that Cardinal game going toe-to-toe, the preseason game, where he literally went, uh, had kind of a rough first half. And I remember we went live on the quad box right after it. And we're like, okay, kind of kind of scared. <laughs> and he came back mid-game, you know, in the middle of the game, just turned it around, learned from his mistakes. So, like, I'm real encouraged by his ability to lead. Um, I mean, and this is why it's so depressing as a Cardinal fan. Trey's already a better leader than Kyler Murray. You know, like it, it's insane. It's insane to actually say those words. Kyler Murray feels like he's playing an individual sport in the Olympics. You know, that's how I, I view Kyler and his mentality and his approach to the game. You know, Joe, the people said about Joe Burrow when he was going through his rehab, he was motivating all the physical therapists and everybody that were helping him recover with his knee injury, like saying, you know, you know, you're going to be a big reason why that we come back next year. You're going to be a big reason why if I do well, it's because of you. Like just uplifting everybody around them, making them feel like they're a part of something. Like it was just amazing to hear how much Joe Burrow is is leading at every facet of every angle of, of the game on and off the field. And that's a big reason why I believe Kyler Kingsbury better be contemplating moving Kyler while we have at least some opportunities because people might laugh at the idea of getting Aaron Rodgers. People might laugh at the idea of trading for Brady's rights. People might laugh at the idea of getting Watson. But but when you really think about it, you have Kyler and draft capital for these 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 options. So I think the Cardinals have the opportunity to get rid of Kyler, but it's going to take a little a little work, obviously. But I don't know. I, I Kyler wants the bag. We've got him for two more years, Croc. We got him for the one year, and then we got his option year. Then we can franchise tag him. He's not going anywhere um, if we can't upgrade him. I agree. But we also are not giving him the bag until he proves some things, and he, he is far from proving. he got to be a better leader. Man, Smitty, you've been more than gracious with your time, man. I appreciate you for coming on. I'm going to get you off now and get into this little mock draft I told everybody we do, man. But uh, great insight from an outsider's perspective. Yeah, quote, unquote, outsider, because you do do things yeah. with some 49 of content no. creators. But just a different perspective. And I, too, I, I think even if, let's say, Trey Lance isn't considered a top five to seven quarterback like you're kind of predicting right now, like next year, at the, by the end of next year, he will potentially be a top five to seven fantasy quarterback and I think one thing that was clear even in his starts early on and once he starts to you know convert some of these things into points some of these drives which I think that is coming uh he was the number one fantasy quarterback out of all rookie quarterbacks and now again small sample size but uh I think Trey's coming at least from that perspective and uh potentially hopefully a, you know a top 10 quarterback uh, I mean soon but 10 rushing touchdowns with ease you know, yeah. eight to ten with ease, and you add that to to really being underrated as a passer and having the weapons he has. Like, yeah, you're, I mean, he he is in my five to seven, and I just put a ranking up where I put him five, and and people are losing it. Just in fantasy football, <laughs> losing it. Like, what are you smoking? Whatever you're on, like, and I get that a lot, Croc, because with quarterbacks, did I? It it was Mahomes, Allen. Um, I I felt very strongly about Russell Wilson before he was even handed the job. Like 
it court quarterbacks are a, a wheelhouse of mine and, and i'm and i'm telling everybody right now start using the term king of the nfc you will you will you will not regret using that term early because he will he will be in that conversation he's going to be good it's going to be right out of the gate and, and we're gonna start calling him smooth um from day one appreciate you croc all right man thanks for coming on Th- thursday i'm gonna send you a link um and jump on our show thursday all right bet and real quick do you want to let everybody know where they can follow you uh, yeah, so you can find me at thefantasyfootballshow.com. That goes to my YouTube channel, so thefantasyfootballshow.com. Um, but everything I have is also at smitty1.com. So if you want to find links to my Spotify show, I got a video show on Spotify. Um, I got the YouTube show, and then I'm also part of the Quad Box uh, YouTube show and Instagram show. So yeah, everything's at smitty1.com. Awesome, man. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on, big dog. Yeah, thanks, Croc. All See you, everybody. Right. All right, here we go. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Um, you know, I said that we're going to come on here and we are going to do a, a little mock draft. We're only going to get into a couple rounds. All right, so we're going to do that now. I'm going to get situated. Y'all hang tight. While we're, you know, I go through this little transition, go ahead right now, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you're all if you're not already subscribed. Appreciate everybody's in the chat right now. We're going to keep it going for about 15 or so more minutes. Kind of talk through the 49ers. Uh, drafting second round and third round. And obviously, I'm going to bring a couple of y'all on as well. All right, so if you do want to come on, I'm only bringing on the first, whoever the first two or three people is. I think that's the amount of picks 49ers to have in that time. Come on. Live the draft. All right. Uh, whoever the first two or three people are, those are the people that will help me with this. All right. Uh, so there's the link. Come on live. I'm going to get situated. I'll be back in 30 seconds. All right, we are back. We are back. And what the heck is that in front of my face? All right, who cares? Y'all need to see my face. All right. Uh, there I go. All right, but anyways, uh, we got a couple of people that clicked in already. So we are going to get into it, man. We are on the clock. Let's go. So first up, I got my guy, Dion. Dion, I don't know if they're going to be able to see our faces. We got to get this uh, fixed on the uh, the layover. All right. Sounds now, good. As long as you can hear me, it ain't, ain't going to make no difference. Yeah, so we're going to do uh, first three rounds. Okay. We'll talk to it. So you're you're going to have you're going to have uh, the, the first pick, which is the second pick, and we're going to talk to it. All right, All right for so sure. Here we go. And we are drafting. Wow, Aiden Hutchinson goes number one overall. And I'm not going to lie. I w- I've been doing my film study now, and I- I- I'm probably going to be watching film all goddamn day. All right, for my uh, draft show. Some of y'all know uh, I'm actually on a draft show with the New York Giants. Uh, it's, okay. on their, it's on the Giants' official website. It's on their official uh, YouTube, all that stuff. So that's pretty awesome, of course. But that's cool. we will be profiling uh, the top five defensive players at each position. 
So I got to watch a lot of film today. I'll be watching film all day. Getting ready for that. Luckily, today's a holiday. I don't have to train athletes today, so I'll be on it. <laughs> right. All right. But uh, here we go. Let's see where we at with the mock. Second round, 49ers coming up in a few picks. Ooh. 350 of y'all in here. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Denver, wanted, they want to trade. Uh, they want to trade what? We're going to reject it because it doesn't help us this year. All right, yeah. so we're going to – and, oh, this one helps us this year. What do the Eagles want to do? <clears throat> mm, nah. No, that, that doesn't help. We're going to reject that one as well. So the 49ers are on the clock. All right, uh, the, the top players that they have here, Carson Strong, obviously 49ers don't want a quarterback, got a linebacker here. Maje Sanders, uh, edge rusher. Uh, you got Darian uh, Kennard, offensive tackle out of Kentucky. Okay. Uh, what are you kind of thinking? What are you thinking at this pick? Got some receivers, George Pickens. Is there a position that you want to lean towards? be honest with you, I want to show up that offensive line. I do believe we bring back Lincoln Tomlinson. And... Okay. Um, I am not sold on Aaron Banks because I don't have – there's nothing good that's come about um, from from inside the camp. So, well, who's the top-rated uh, guard that we can slide so in and right guard? Here. All right, so you do have a guard here. Uh, the top guard, which is actually 49ers pick at 61, and he's actually the 61 overall player in this class. Okay. Offensive okay. guard out of Virginia Tech, Lasitas Smith. Okay. Who is the – do we have a top-rated DB that's there too? All right. Uh, not as high. They have a cornerback here from – where is he at? There's a cornerback from uh, – I believe it was Texas A&M. I just saw – hold on. Let me go. Oh, uh, defense. Okay. I was looking at the offense. Okay, here we go. Defense. Where is he at? So, uh, Martin Emerson, cornerback out of Mississippi State. Uh, Leon O'Neill Jr., uh, safety out of Texas A&M. So uh, those are – oh, and then Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati. Okay. So what what, what do you think, Croc? Because I'm, I'm leaning more toward guard to show up the right side of that offensive line. I don't believe they go and pick up uh, – that they uh, bring Daniel Brunskill back. I think they're going to, you know, kind of let him walk. And that, that's been the issue, unfortunately. Uh, I, as someone who doesn't, you know, I don't know what to think yet about Aaron Banks. I didn't like him coming out. Uh, wasn't one of my favorite prospects. Yeah, neither did I. I, but I do believe in development. So I feel like I probably wouldn't go guard this high. Okay. Uh, okay. That's why I was yeah. asking about the next thing, which is DB, because we technically only have three. I don't see us bringing back Jason Barrett. I see us letting K1 walk and uh, sliding D'Amador Lenore into his spot, which is what they drafted him for. Um, so that's why I was looking so, defensive so back, go. another guy. We got – we got. so here are your options. Uh, Leon O'Neal Jr., safety out of Texas A&M. Cornerback yeah. Martin Emerson, cornerback out of Mississippi State. And cornerback Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati. I'm going to take the kid from Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati usually breeds some, some fairly good cornerbacks. 
nobody spectacular over the top, but they usually do breed some some pretty pretty uh pretty stout cornerbacks. So let's take this kid out of Cincinnati. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming out of uh, 49ers draft your guy, Kobe Bryant, out of Cincinnati, also the Jim Thorpe Award winner. So I uh, appreciate right. you coming on and helping with that pick. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Crocky. Peace. All right. Shout out to my guy, Dion. All right, next up, we got 49er Media. All right, 49er Media. Good morning. How you doing? Good. Muted, How are you doing? How you oh, doing? Oh, there you go. You're not muted now. I'm How doing good. Doing? So yep. the Rams tried to try to trade with the 49ers. We're going to go ahead and reject that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> For sure. Uh, the 49ers are on the clock at pick, uh, reject, maybe? Uh, at pick 93. All right. Is there a position that you are thinking the 49ers need to really improve? I'll tell you who is at the top here. You got a center from Boston College, Alec Lindstrom. You got this dynamic receiver, uh, Wandale Robinson. You got Alec Pierce. I think he's, I don't want okay, when I say this, I don't want to say that he's going to be this guy. But you got Alec Pierce, receiver out of Cincinnati. He reminds me a lot of Cooper Cup, not just because he's white, but big guy, contested catch, showed a lot of twitch at the senior ball. I thought he looked well there. Uh, but he's a guy who I, I like. So receiver, he's more of a slot. Uh, Jerome Ford, running back out of Cincinnati, he's a burner. Jerome McKinley, safety out of uh, Oregon. He was a playmaker and probably should have won Thorpe Award. So you got some options here. All right, Lin Lindstrom is kind of look at the 49ers and, and the guy Alex Mack is going to retire. Yeah. He's going to play. Uh, you know, typically centers can also play guard as well. So if you don't like what you get from Aaron Banks, maybe Lindstrom is a guy that can fit in at both spots, kind of kill two birds with one stone. Uh, but what are you thinking here? Um, I actually want to go look at the edge because the thing about it is like Ibukim, you know, great second guy, but like we don't, you know, D Ford's kind of up in the air so i feel like we could try and go edge okay so you you want to lean more towards the edge right here yeah now there's the guy defense so they got an edge isaiah thomas what number was he because i i if he's who i'm thinking if, if this was the guy that was at the senior bowl i was standing next to a pass rush kind of specialist guy <laughs> trains uh edge guys and, and defensive linemen. He thought that the Oklahoma kid from on the edge was really stiff. But you know, but this is your this is your pick. Yeah. Okay. Um yeah, I guess there's not really like a speed rusher because that's what I was kind of thinking. Um but I think then I'd probably go with Lindstrom because like you said, you know, we're unsure about Alex Mack. Maybe he has one more year and then he could possibly even just scoot to right guard if, right. Um, if Banks, if you know, yeah, if need be. So I think we should go with him then. All right, here we go. So 49ers, they are selecting Alec Lindstrom, center out of Boston College. He is now a 49ers. I appreciate you helping me with that pick, big dog. Yep, thank you so for you, having you, your, your, your name is 49ers Media, so uh, talk to us a little bit about Maybe you know your 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 platform and where people can find you. Um, so I'm on Instagram and Twitter, the same handle. Um, just really been posting about the Niners and been getting into actually writing articles just on my own. So okay, awesome man. Keep keep at it, bro. It, it it's gonna go. It's gonna amount to something eventually. Just keep keep at it. All right. 
All right. Thanks for having me. All right. All good. All right. And we have one more pick, I believe. I'm going to reject this from uh, the Patriots and the Rams. I'm going to pick with, for the 49ers at 102. I think this is the 49ers' last pick. Now, still got Alec Pierce. As that contested catch element, slot guy, not sure this is where I would take him. Uh, oh, Tariq Woolen, that was somebody I was interested in. Long corner, high upside traits. Uh, Vernon Rome McKinley, I was thinking about potentially him at this spot. But here are the best available players. All right. Uh, running back, Rashad White. Can't go running back third round. Uh, let's see. Tennessee. And Michigan. I don't know if there's anybody that I just love at this spot. We we went cornerback first. We went offensive guard second. Maybe we go with Thomas here and we kind of take a flyer on the edge. What are some of your thoughts? What wide receivers are available? I see that question in the chat. Offense. Receivers. Ooh, Calvin Austin. Speedster. Should I make the executive decision to go with the speedster? He's small. He's small. Uh, no, this isn't the fourth round. Remember, you have the comp picks. So I see this right here. This is fourth round. It's not fourth round. We're only doing three rounds, but these are the comp picks. All right, here we go. Uh, Watson is not available. He's gone. You got Calvin Austin. He's about five, almost 5'8". Five Pure speedster. Loved what I saw from him at the senior ball. Small, but speedster. See, uh, we need edge to free up. So y'all want to take a flyer on the edge out of Oklahoma? Again, my guy said that he's a little stiff. So do you want to force it? You want to force it because it's like, hey, we need the help. And I obviously this is like, See my face. There's no uh, free agency done in, in this uh, situation right now. But let's go. Let's go with the edge. All right. Let's go with the edge. And uh, Isaiah Thomas, welcome to Isaiah Thomas. Interesting. All right, here we go. So here were the picks that we took, y'all, the, the people. Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati, cornerback at pick 61. Alec Lindstrom, and we'll see how he tests on the physical thing. That, that, that's going to be something that's interesting to watch. But Alec Lindstrom, off, uh, center out of Boston College and edge. I think that's pretty not bad, not bad, not bad. Not a bad pick uh, mark from y'all. I love it. Shout out to everybody that contributed to this show. We went long today. I'll cut it up into different segments, get it out there for the people. But uh, long show, got into a lot. There are a couple, there are a couple uh, tweets that I had or a message I had started. All right. Watson played at a big time NCAA school. I think this is uh, probably because I came out, I had said uh, the way they look is similar. And I said, you know, Trey Lance looks like. The, the raw version of Deshaun Watson, uh, Watson coming out, obviously played at Clemson, toe-to-toe -to -toe with Alabama, big-time production. Trey Lance, smaller school, 
won a national title, but obviously not on the same stage at the SES level. But from a trait standpoint and what it looks like, I, I think that's the part that's similar, not their accomplishments and what they did. Just traits, what it looks like, uh, how they play stylistically. Uh, not the fastest guys, but mobile can move. Uh, those things look very similar. Uh, I had another one here. I have not really seen the breakaway speed from Trey. He is a tough runner who could pick up tough yards. I don't know if we'll see. I, I think this. The more confident he is with just making the decision to take off, you'll see more of his just speed. Breakaway, I'm not sure about that. But pick up big chunk yardage like he did first play against Arizona, right? He made that decision right now. Guy came free off the edge. Let me get out of here. He picked up 16 yards easily. That was an easy 16 yards. The more decisive he gets with the, the decision to run and take off, I think the, the better you'll see that athleticism shine through. A lot of what we saw early on was just very indecisive with running. And I think that kind of messed up the pure kind of production, I guess you could say, from a, a running standpoint. Even then, uh, still had, you know, some production. All right. Great show. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Appreciate everybody that tuned in to the show. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. All my people. Uh, but I'll see y'all tomorrow. I'll see y'all tomorrow. We're out, man. Peace. It is picked off by Aaron Crocker over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. Crop Talk TV Podcast. Podcast. Peace.